Welcome to the Dynasty Happy Hour Podcast. Pull up a chair and kick up your feet as you get ready to enjoy some of the industry's most entertaining and actionable Dynasty content on the planet. We're talking veterans, rookies, sleepers, and oh yeah, you know the crew has those dad jokes ready for you. So let's not wait any longer and bring on the host or some combination of Doug, James, and Tyler. Welcome back to the Dynasty Happy Hour. If you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook Live, thank you very much. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel, Dynasty Happy Hour. We're here every Sunday night at 9 o'clock. It's usually a three-man show, but it's just a two-man booth tonight. It is me and my co-host, James Kreese, the chef himself. James, what is popping over there in Jersey? Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just, just the, the two, two of, us. of us. You and I. You and I. <laughs> To get that I'm doing poison. great, man. Uh, it's Fourth of July weekend. I've got some family down. We're chilling, grilling, drinking, uh, laughing, chilling, grilling, and to... drilling. If you know what I mean. Oh, hey. oh wait until later. <laughs> Let's go. Oh gosh. Uh, but no, it's it's great here. The the weather has been great. The rain has held off. Uh, happy to be alive, man. And I'm happy to be here for this hour. Let's go. Yeah, man. I'm, it's, we were supposed to get a crazy storm. Never happened. It was beautiful out today. We were in the pool. We had some friends from North Carolina that were going attending a wedding nearby. And they're like, what are you up to Sunday? I'm like, just chilling, man. Come on over. We gotta, we're throwing a party here tomorrow uh, on the 4th itself. So, yeah, it's been a good weekend. One of the, the you know, last free weekends, I think. we Not, not free weekends, but we've all the weekends seem to be filling in with stuff to do. It's been becoming a crazy summer. Anywho, so... We got some cool stuff going on this week. You know, James was like, Doug, I, what should we talk about? And I was like, you know what? Let's talk a little bit about looking for a spark. So looking for a spark is, you're, you know, you're looking at dynasty rosters and you're looking at like what player on these rosters could, if things were to happen the right way. I know it's a little bit of narrative street, but you know what? It's a dead part of the season. So let's have some fun with it, right? Speculation but, is great. But realistically, like the things that Chef and I are going to talk to you about looking for a spark are players that um have that not i, I want to say breakout but if things break the right way whether it's based on an injury or opportunity things of that nature um they're going to grossly outperform their current adps and are currently really nice values for you in dynasty so we're going to break down we've got about 10 players we're going to break down for you today um and we are going to cover some news but before we do that i want to talk to you about fantasy points we're brought to you by them once again this week an absolutely awesome resource we just saw the first Scott Fishbowl 12 draft happen this weekend. And it, it yes. got me, it got me going to see those draft boards on the, on the wall. There was multiple, there was three drafts going on. It looked like at once, which is wild. I'll be in one on the 16th here in Boston. Um, so I'm very excited for that to attend that. It's going to be awesome. It lands down over by Fenway. That's going to be a lot of fun. So seeing the draft boards, the, let's be honest, my favorite part of, any draft season. Now, if you get in person and draft dynasty squads, awesome, but it's mostly redraft, right? But my favorite part is the live draft because you can talk smack in real life. You can eat pizza, you can eat food, you can drink beer and just hang out with your friends that have a great common interest that you do and have a blast. So seeing that kind of gave me like the butterflies of like, oh, it's coming. The season's coming. So check out fantasy points if you want to gain that advantage. And when you do, use code DHH22. You'll get 10% off a fantasy point subscription. It's a proven commodity, guys and gals. 90% of subscribers made the playoffs in 20 and 21. It's going to be even better than that in 2022. 
It's the lowest price in the industry. They've got things like an analytic power draft tool, a DFS optimizer. There's a podcast network on Fantasy Points as well. Lots of awesome things going on there. So once again, it's code DHH22 when you sign up for Fantasy Points. Please and thank you in advance. So I'm ready for draft season. I haven't even looked at Scott's fishbowl scoring. I know it's not that different from last year. There's a few tweaks here and there. I'm not going in with like a super... Yeah, I'm not going into this super crazy strategy. I know uh, quarterbacks have been tweaked a little bit and things like that. I'll look into it. Um, I find myself if I over prep, then I have analysis paralysis a lot of times for drafts like that. So I am not going to over prep. I'm going to do just the right amount, not put too much thought into it, and then be like water, as Bruce Lee would say, when the draft comes and be fluid and let it come to me and kind of go with the flow is what I'm saying. Swimming with the fishes. Uh, swimming no, with no. the fishes. So let's get into some news. There is a little bit of news. I know, like I said, it's that it's that dry season, right? We've had mini camps, OTAs. We're getting ready for training camp. Training camps are going to be opening in a few weeks across the NFL. And that's when we'll start to see, you know, more narrative street, but some juicy nuggets, right? And then we get preseason games and then we get amped up for these like wide receiver sixes on a team because they had great catches or maybe Terrell Pryor makes a one-handed catch in the end zone and he's a third round pick and redraft. It happens. Or Amir Abdullah breaks a 60-yard run in preseason, and he's a third-round pick in redraft. Remember that? Remember that? Ooh. It happened. Still Amir in the league, Abdullah. Amir Abdullah. Still in the league, even. Uh, oh. Yeah, so it, it's a fun season. I think for redraft, it's fun, but I think for dynasty, it's even funner because the re- the redraft guys don't know the rosters like we know the rosters. Most of your average redraft guys are going to be like, I've never heard of that guy. And I'm like, yeah, I got him in like the third round of a rookie draft and I'm pumped. Like that's, that's an edge when it comes to redraft too. So Ramondre Stevenson last year, everybody was like, where did this kid come from? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they're talking about him in, in early August. What people have to remember is that 95% of the fantasy football community are your average Joe's. Like they don't go deep into the stuff. They might look at a, at a magazine a week before their draft Stuff like that. So I use that as an advantage because I'm in a couple of redraft leagues and um, you can tell, you can tell who's, who knows their stuff and who's like, Oh, when did, when did he sign there? And I'm like, that happens on the draft day. It happened last year. My buddy Jameson, who had actually put together a very good team. He made some, he drafted someone and he didn't even know he was on a new team. I was like, that's your average fantasy football player, but not here. We are the hardcore. We are the hardcore people. So let's get into some news. We've got some Michael Thomas news. Remember him? He used to be a, a dominant receiver in the NFL. Uh, two years now. ago, carry the two. It's been a while. Uh, so the good yeah. news is he he released a video of him running routes on his Instagram feed. Um, did he look NFL ready? I saw that video and I was like, eh. no, no. The I was not is, excited. No, it was not crispy one bit sluggish on the turn. In. And he's known for his route running slow on the turn out i'm i'm concerned yeah i was lucky enough someone came to me in the end of the season last year in in a dynasty league obviously and offered me a 2022 first for michael thomas and i slam accepted and with that first i ended up drafting george pickens the very end of the first so i'm happy with that because michael thomas i think is if you get anything out of him this year you're going to be happy to do so. I don't think he's ever going to be healthy, healthy again. And I still think he's a little bit of a, not a diva per se, but I think there's something between him and the saints organization. That's still, I know they, they gave him a bunch of guaranteed money for some cap reasons and things like that, but I just don't think he's motivated to get back. 
Like he just gives me this like Zion Williamson vibes. Like eh, I'm hurt. Like, eh. like I guess I'll play, but I'm waiting to be 100. percent And eh, it might be in a few years. I don't know. There's just something about Michael Thomas that makes me not want to roster him because it's just I don't know. There's something about him that just rubs me the wrong way. With I've situation. never had him on a team other than like a best ball. I only situation. had him on that one because it was a uh, it was an orphan and I took it over. Well, that well then that wasn't your fault. No, not at all. And I'll gladly take George Pickens. Uh, so, yeah, so not high on Michael Thomas. We'll talk a little bit more about the Saints offense a little bit later. All right. The Athletics' Connors Hughes reports that Jets tight end, former Minnesota Viking Tyler Conklin, might be separating himself as the favorite to start week one. Now, we all know the Jets, they signed Tyler Conklin. They signed C.J. Uzoma away from the Cincinnati Bengals. And then they drafted our buddy Sal Lito's favorite NFL player of all time, Jeremy Rucker. Um, <laughs> and, and he's missing time currently. So Conklin profiles as the better fit for red zone and passing down snaps. He finishes the tight end 16 in 2021. He was the tight end two in week three and the tight end four in week 10. So he's obviously showed that he has some potential here. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because the Jets offense, they've got two what should be good running backs. They've got three what should be really good wide receivers. So I think this tight end opportunity is if anyone's going to have a mismatch on the field, Whoever the starting tight end here, I think Tyler Conklin presents himself as a value. What do you think, James? Uh, 100% presents himself as a value. I, I can't agree more. We saw him splash uh, in the absence of Irv Smith last year in Minnesota, came on board and signed, what, a three-year deal with the Jets? So I, I think uh, they are looking at him to have the potential to grow. And I believe that it's it's going to happen faster than we all expect with Uzama and uh, what's the other guy's name? Ruckert. Ruckert. The rookie. Um, missing time. I mean, that was just for OTAs. So I'm sure by when we, but when, Rucker was injured when we get at Ohio to camp, State last year, too, when we get yeah. to camp, we'll, we'll see some of these guys. So wait and see kind of thing but you can get him right now for literally nothing on your waiver wires mm -hmm. and and he's almost almost like you know he might have a spark yeah he might have a spark it is very true uh so going on to some texans news texans quarterback davis mills who we love on the show uh said wide receiver nico collins my guy last year at dynasty rich's house nico collins right has a good grasp had josh palmer uh, no, I had Nico, Tyler, st you stole Ramondre, and I think <laughs> Tyler stole Josh Palmer. So I was like, thanks, guys. You're just talking about all my players, but whatever. Uh, more on Josh Palmer later. <laughs> Talk about Sparks. All right, so Nico Collins has a good grasp of the offense. I would hope so. It's his second year. Uh, the second-year quarterback made note of Collins' talent and said Houston needs to find ways to get him the ball. Collins had the most targets and yards behind Brandon Cooks as a rookie. He had 62 targets, 446 yards. Uh, he missed three games, and he played under 60% of the offensive snaps. The Texans did nothing that would block Collins this offseason. They re-signed Chris Conley. Woo. They added second-round wide receiver John Mechie, who's coming off an ACL injury, who may not be ready for the beginning. Collins' ceiling is limited in a run-first offense. If they choose to do that, they could change it. Um, we know Davis Mills is a bit of an unproven quarterback, although I really liked what I saw. I think he had two top-10 quarterback weeks out of the last five weeks uh, in fantasy for you. But there is makings of a, a for a second year leap, and I'm going to talk about one of the other players on this Texans offense a little bit later. Uh, we're putting the horse before the cart rapidly. Um, so Nico Collins was drafted in the third round. 
He's a 90th percentile speed score, 95th in catch radius. He has the profile to be that alpha outside receiver. Brandon Cooks, we know he can play outside, but he's smaller, more diminutive. So is John Mechie. So Nico Collins, I still like Nico Collins a lot. Do you think he could have a Marvin Jones type of career arc, James? I, I think so. If he's not the number one in that offense, I don't think he ever will be. I think he will be a mm-hmm. solid wide receiver two with wide receiver one splashed weeks in the future. If this all works out with Davis Mills, which I agreed with you, what you said about him. I really liked what I saw last year in Davis Mills. I saw a confident young quarterback that made good decisions that held onto the ball and got rid of the ball when needed. And I think that continues to grow. I think we get one more year of Brandon cooks at least. Yep. And I see John Mechie kind of filling in that spot as a field stretcher. And and um, let Nico Collins get those bigger grabs. He's that kind of wide receiver that can stretch the field. I, I can't wait to see him in action personally because I have a lot of shares. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. He was a great third round rookie pick last year, Nico Collins. So hopefully he can he can grow that value like a like a sapling, right? Just grow yeah, like a sapling. Yeah, like a sapling. Pick the fruit off that sapling. Exactly. And then and then you trade the fruit for better fruit <laughs> or future for, fruits. for for younger magic seeds yes future fruits i'm going to call them future fruits That's sell my... the farm for a bunch of magic beans just like uh what was that like jack and the beanstalk or jack something? and the beanstalk yep exactly so i did want to give a shout out to our uh, another sponsor trophy smack james you got your custom belt in and it is absolutely amazing rocking the sweetest so chef nice, on the front man it's burr, so burr, burr. nice it is it is Great. So, Gurdy Gur. I run the championship. <laughs> your fantasy football. Birdie yes. birdie so, football. make sure you up your grade your fantasy league today. Whether it's football, like we always talk about, you could play fantasy hockey. That season just ended. Basketball, that season's over. So, you should be buying a trophy like right now. Right now. Champion. Uh, baseball is currently going on. Soccer. I don't know when the soccer season is. It's year round all over the world. So, soccer. They have that too. They have the right trophy for you. You can use code DHH ring, get a free $60 championship ring. Tyler's shown it off here on the show before with the purchase of a trophy or a belt. They also have stuff for the losers of your league. So for every winner, you know, there's 11 to 12 losers. I think the winner, like a total flex move should buy like 10 loser trophies and give them out to the rest of the league. That would be an alpha move, right? Uh, So if you're bold enough to do that and you've got the onions, you know what I'm talking about. To do a move like that, use code DHH ring and at least get that free ring for yourself at the checkout. We charge we charge uh, loss loss fees for in our leagues in our home leagues. Yeah. So that would be that would be interesting to take the loss fees and then go buy ten loser belts. Oh, not or belts. Rings. Belts are expensive, but if you got like a loser trophy, like a small loser trophy that was like ten or fifteen bucks, we have one. It's called the Golden Douchebag. I'll have no, to we bring have, it a, on we the have show a toilet. I, I actually won it not last year, but the year before. And it was like a little, it was like a poop, but it had like water in it. And I left it in my car because I was like, I'm not bringing that in the house. I left it in for three days and the thing like dehydrated. So I have to buy a <laughs> new poop for the trophy base. <laughs> so I'm going to go on Amazon and buy fake shit. Sounds like a shitty situation. Yeah, I'm going to buy fake shit on Amazon. <laughs> so yeah, I can't wait for my ads on Facebook after that. <laughs> yeah. They're not watching me at all. Big Brother's not a thing. Uh, (laughs) All right. So it is time to get to our main topic of the evening. The players, we're looking for a spark. We're looking for players that either they're already on our rosters or we want to go get them now because their ADPs are insanely low. 
but we can weave a tale or we can look into our crystal ball and say, oh, I could see this happening. This player, yep, if this happens, I can totally see this player gaining value. This is what we're talking about today. So I'm going to let my lovely co-host, James, kick us off with his first of the list. My spark is an old spark that has been sparking for the past two years with crappy quarterback play and decent competition who is still on the roster, but he always seems to find a way for the past two years. Tim Patrick has been killing it. He's so underrated. Shout out to our boy Damon, who's a big Tim Patrick fan. Likes him more than Judy, as does James. I mean... That that should be that everybody should think that like Tim Patrick best is wide receiver four in the league Judy. on his roster. He's a better fantasy wide receiver than Judy, uh, who just got a three year contract extension. May I add back in in November uh, for ten million dollar cap hit for an early out in twenty twenty three. I don't think that happens. I don't I don't really I don't really get that. I think he's on the team for a while and his quarterback is Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Back-to-back years, 730-plus yards, and at least five touchdowns. Wide receiver four, per se, on your roster, but you need a wide receiver four on your dynasty roster. On most dynasty rosters, realistically, he's probably wide receiver five or six on most dynasty rosters. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But, I mean, why not? I don't get get it. Uh, I think he takes a slight leap with Wilson and would benefit dramatically if Sutton or Judy misses time, but obviously Judy has missed time. He missed seven so games Sutton. last year, and Sutton missed almost all of 2020. We haven't seen him really play strong with a str- with a sturdy. KJ Hamler also missed time. If, yeah, he is on my list too, and he's kind of like my my one A that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, I'm going to push Tim Patrick on here because Tyler's not here to fight me on Judy. So I'm going to have to take my <laughs> Tim time. Tim Patrick's and- a more complete receiver than Hamler, too. Let's be honest. Like, I, 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 I mean, I, I love the fact that uh, everybody's going to be surprised about the 28-year-old Tim Patrick when he starts flashing. Because we look at, at who? Tyler Lockett, who is older and played with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Similar skill set. Yeah, let's go. Mm, a little different skill set, but I get it. But uh, no, I do like Tim Patrick a lot. So my first spark player is a player that I I roster in a couple of leagues and it looked like his spark might have been, you know, like the all spark and transformers, like it was like fading and, he, and we needed a little bit of a jump start. Well, this was the jump start for Brian Edwards when he got traded from the Las Vegas Raiders to the receiverless Atlanta Falcons. Now we all know that they drafted Drake London with a top 10 pick. So good for them. I'm not a huge London guy, um, but Brian I Edwards, I believe I, in I, I, you know, I know a lot of people are, but even if London gets 120 targets, who's, I mean, they have Kyle Pitts, but who else on the team is catching passes? Auden Tate, Olamides Zacchaeus, like Russell Gage is gone. Calvin Ridley is suspended. Like their number two receiver is Brian Edwards. Now, he has the number one breakout age of all time under 18 years old at, in college football. That's something that, you know, that's pretty significant. He, shoot, he showed flashes. He averaged 17 yards a reception last year, and that was number four in the league. So I don't think that's anything to sneeze at. He has an alpha profile. He's six foot three, 212 pounds. We've seen him be uh, really good with contested catches. He's been good in the red zone. He can create separation although he's not like he doesn't blow by people, 
But at his size, he can create separation. He's got strong hands. I've always liked Brian Edwards' profile. You know, the thing with the Raiders last year, once Henry Ruggs was out of that offense, uh, we all know what happened there, but they stopped throwing the ball deep and they were a little bit more of a dink and dunk. And Brian Edwards was not getting a ton of targets, even though there was um, the depth chart wasn't very deep. It was mostly Hunter Renfro when Waller was healthy. And then Edwards was kind of that like, you know, when Carr needed to throw deep, he was throwing to Edwards. So he was a, he was kind of boxed in to be a one-trick pony in that offense where I think he's more versatile than that. And I think going to Atlanta, you know, obviously Marcus Mariota being his quarterback isn't the best. We know Mariota is not going to bomb it downfield. But I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to be the starter all year either. I think Ritter gives more of an opportunity for Brian Edwards. He's the veteran, right, at this point. You've got a rookie in Drake London. What if Drake London is a little bit slow to learn the playbook and a little bit slow to get going like a lot of rookie wide receivers are? Look, Justin Jefferson took six weeks. Jamar Chase took a little bit of time last year. I don't even think Drake London's even close to those guys in talent. So for me, I can see in the future, or at least I think I can see in the future, that Brian Edwards could get more target share than we think and more opportunity than we think because he's the veteran over Drake London. And I think the Falcons are smart. They're building an offense around, they've got these big, tall outside receivers with Kyle Pitts. You know, if they draft a slot receiver or somebody, that this offense could be great. I don't know if they'll ever get Calvin Ridley back. Um, but right now, Brian Edwards' underdog ADP is 211. He's wide receiver 96. Yeah. That's, so he's, that's, he is, low. A, he's still rostered in Dynasty. Like people aren't dropping Brian Edwards yet. But if you're looking to make a trade and get a throw in or give up maybe like a fourth round rookie draft pick, I'd take the shot because I think Brian Edwards, he was dominant in South Carolina. You know, that breakout age, his athleticism is good. The size, he profiles well. And I think that him getting out of, Las Vegas going to the opportunity in Atlanta was really best case scenario for him because there's not a lot of spots in this league where he can just be traded and be a number two receiver on a team. So I like Brian Edwards, especially at the price. I think he's a guy that is going to increase quite a bit because that spark, he's going to get that. They're going to break out the paddles like they did with Optimus and just, and he's going to go and then gain some value. Well, opportunity equals plus in value either way. I mean, mm -hmm. so let's see what he does with the opportunity. I believe he can get some, some targets in that offense. You make, Absolutely. you make strong cases on all fronts. We know Kyle Pitts is going to get his, we know uh, Drake London will get his, even though he is a rookie. And then because he's, because the depth chart isn't deep. Like if London gets hurt or Pitts gets hurt, like that's even yeah, more yeah. targets. Like that's, that's the kind of player where I look at like certain things can happen and the opportunities even get greater than we think they are right now. And he's not much of a run after the catch kind of no. wide receiver. So we can look for him to like be more Mike of Evans. a... Uh, okay. Like Mike Evans isn't a run after the catch guy either, but he can create enough separation and he can high point the ball. Um, now I'm not comparing him to Mike Evans, but he reminds me from a skill set standpoint, he's not going to run away from people um, because, you know, Mike Evans is kind of catch, gain a couple yards, get tackled and, and fall over. down. But go great for red zone. For sure. All right, James, who's your number two Sparky McSparkerson? Sparky McSparkerson is he's, he's the Baker, man. I'm going, I'm going mostly veterans. Bud in Buda Baker? I love him. Baker, Baker Mayfield, man. Oh, nice. Baker Mayfield. Currently it, nothing all the way, the only way to go is up. I all right. So I am learning right now about stock markets and treasuries and bonds and spending in the government and watching the market. Baker, and when there's a saying in the market, 
when there's blood, you buy. And there is blood smeared all over Baker Mayfield right now. <laughs> I mean, he's he's not working with a franchise. All right. There's two teams out there looking for a bona fide quarterback that has played in the league that has shown signs of guarantee, aka his rookie year when he broke the rookie passing record. Mm-hmm. All right. He can he can be that type of quarterback. He could be a, a game manager. Carolina, Seattle, both teams have better receivers than he ever had, arguably, I guess. Yeah, because Beckham wasn't great there. Yeah. No, Beckham was not great there for some reason. And Landry was okay. I'm not yeah, I'm, solid. Solid. Metcalf and Lockett, though, are on a different tier, in my opinion. And so is DJ Moore. And I will say CMC, because who knows what Robbie Anderson is going to do this year. He may just disappear. We may see Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall season, baby. We, 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 yeah, I've, I've heard that. Um, I hope so. Both teams have crap for core QBs right now. And I believe he's going to make an impact on either or of those franchises, whoever picks them up. It's right before training camp. Go out and see if you can acquire Baker Mayfield. And if he turn, if you can get a trade him for like, you think you can get a, get him for like a third round pick in a super flex league. I think maybe a late second. Some managers might bite on a third because it's looking bleak. I think realistically in a league, like we play in an in industry leagues, you're probably going to have to give up a late second to get him because people know that like they're going to release him or pay half a salary. Like he should be a star. He's never going to play for the Browns again. Like he pretty much said that. Yeah. Um, He's like, he's pretty much like na 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 boo boo. You stuck your head in doo doo by signing Deshaun Watson. And maybe he's gone for the year. Why would I help you? Yeah. Like, no, that ship has sailed long, long, far ago. Jacoby Brissett's going to be the starter there. If Watson's out. Um, It happens every time I buy a Jersey, I bought an Odell Beckham Jersey, a giants Jersey. He, go, he yeah. goes to the Browns. I buy a Baker jersey. He's not with the Browns anymore. I mean, yeah, he won Rookie of the Year. I get that. I, so I haven't bought a jersey. I used to have a ton of jerseys when I was a bit bigger. The only jersey I've bought in the last three years, I bought a Derrick Henry jersey right after he signed his extension. Partially because I love, I used to be a big Oilers fan, like the Titans with Eddie George. I'm like, I like Derrick Henry. I love the colors. It fit me nicely. Um, so, yeah. But I used to have that happen to me, too. You buy a jersey and you're like, really? Like, come on. Uh, yeah, I, I did own two Aaron Hernandez jerseys at one time. So there you go. There's also that. <laughs> what can you do? You know, it's out, it's out of our control. I sold it for way more than I paid for it. That's what I did. Because <laughs> people, people are weird. Uh, all right. My it's next weird. my next Sparky, if you're a fan of the National Lampoon vacation movies, Sparky, Sparky was Chevy Chase's nickname from his wife. This is the wide receiver that I roster the most in Dynasty Leagues. I think I have him in seven. And that's Joshua Palmer of the Chargers. And I'm going to tell you why. So he didn't test particularly well um, at the Combine. And that was okay. I liked what I saw on tape. In his rookie year, 33 receptions for 353 and four touchdowns. So nothing crazy. But it was his rookie year. I think that's decent for most rookies, right? You know, he finished the season with uh, three touchdowns in five games. So he started to come on at the end of the season. He's got a 100% contested catch rate on eight opportunities. And that's one thing that that popped out to me on tape is that he has the ability to go up and get it in contested catch situations. That was number one. Obviously, it's 100%. But eight opportunities, you know, not terrible at all. He only had one drop. So he's probably got the confidence of Justin Herbert, solid hands. And he showed that at Tennessee, um, where he was, by the way, in a god-awful passing offense. 
And the thing that stuck out to me with Josh Palmer is, you know, when I was looking at this rookie class and watching him, you know, the numbers weren't great, but when you watched him play against Patrick Sertain, the second in Alabama, he dog walked Patrick Sertain. Let's be honest. And Josh Palmer had the best game of his collegiate career against a top 10 pick in the NFL. And I think uh, Patrick Sertain made the Pro Bowl last year, if I'm right. He had a very good season with the Broncos. Very nice season. Yes, he did. So he was number 30 in fantasy points per target. That stands out. So when he was getting targets, they were scoring fantasy points. So it was down the field or he was getting touchdowns, which is awesome for being the wide receiver three on that team and not playing a ton of snaps. Um, his ADP is currently 145 on underdog. He's wide receiver 69, which is very nice as we know. But the reason I want to own all the Josh Palmer, I already liked him to be, but we look at Keenan Allen. He's going to be 30 years old. Now he's been ridiculously healthy since he started his career with the lacerated spleen and the ACL. And everyone's like, he's a bust. He's injury prone. He's not anymore. Keenan Allen's been healthy, healthy, healthy for years now. Mike Williams, however, not the most healthiest guy. Like he tends to jump up, fall down, bust a shoulder. He doesn't miss a ton of games, but he plays dinged up a lot. The opportunity for Josh Palmer, who's already running with the starters as their wide receiver three for one of the most high octane offenses in the NFL in a division, the AFC West, where it's going to be shootouts. You're going to hear, you're going to hear the because there's going to be shootouts in the AFC West every single week. Every team is loaded on offense. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Josh Palmer, even as a wide receiver three, I think is going to outperform his current ADP. But God forbid they Keenan Allen or Mike Williams suffers an injury. He's going to be the number two pass catcher. I don't know how much Gerald Everett's going to get run. I do like him this year in that offense too. But there's something about Josh Palmer that I can't quit. And I think that the opportunity, even as the wide receiver three, he's going to outperform his ADP. And like I said, if there's an injury, it is wheels to up. The stonks are going up. Josh Palmer season. I love Josh Palmer where he is right now. I actually traded a late third round pick with Tyler for Josh Palmer because he knows how much I love him. And I was like, I'll do that. And I think with that late third round pick, I forget who who Tyler drafted, but I would have much rather had Josh Palmer on my team looking back at it now. James, what do you think? Uh, I, I want any part that I can get of the Chargers offense. To be honest, uh, I think they're going to be a powerhouse for years to come. That's that's my opinion. I, I think they make a run at the Super Bowl this year as well. You know, hopefully, I mean, they have that. Potential. We've said that for years, but like, hopefully, they actually follow through with it. I, I think they're building in the right direction. Yeah, I like the way that they're doing it. All right, who's next on the Sparkomatic? Sparkomatic. I'm gonna run out of Sparks reference by the end of this. Oh yeah, Tony Sparks. Can we make up ones? Oh, I got another. I got one waiting in the wing, so don't don't spoil it. Um, all right, I'm gonna go younger on this one because I know uh, uh, those last two that I did were already proven players. Chris Evans, running back out of Cincinnati, I almost put him on mine. Yeah, I I think uh, the media is already saying he will be the backup to Mixon this year. Pete um, stinks. He does. He, he screwed he them really in the Super Bowl, does. man. Does yeah. Uh, because I mean, just wait until training camp when the news comes out saying, "Oh, he's beating out Samaj P. Ryan." No shit, he's shocker, out Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, come on. Uh, we saw what he did with his feature role in Week 18 when the Bengals rested their starters. Evans played 56 percent of the snaps and compiled 15.9 fantasy points. 
I mean, come on. That's that's good. That's what you want out of a backup. He is a pure handcuff um uh, on a high profile offense. So so why not? I mean, he scored above 90% in both burst and agility on player profiles ratings. So I, I like him. I, I really do. And uh, I, I I think you should go acquire him right now. I'm going to add some stuff on Chris Evans. Uh, former five-star recruit coming out of high school. The other thing I was listening to... Tenth best pass blocker and, run, and at the running back position in college as well. I want to give them credit, but I forget which podcast I was listening to. It was just the other day, and they were talking about uh, Joe Mixon and how they were not drafting him. Uh, I think it was NBC Sports Edge I was listening to, and they were talking about Mixon and how you know they viewed they saw him as regression and they weren't drafting him at his current ADP. And they talked about how Samaj P. Ryan was on the field for a lot of third downs. Uh, this is not breaking news. Samaj P. Ryan is not a third down back. Like, let's be honest here. Um, but Chris Evans is perfect in that role. So I don't even think he's a handcuff per se. I think that if Samaj P, if Chris Evans beats out Samaj P Ryan, which I could totally see is that Evans could be on the field more than we think. Um, because Mixon is, was very efficient last year, but he didn't play. I mean, the one missing link in Mixon's game has always been pass catching, right? And right. they didn't play him in that role a ton last year. They still opted to have Samaj P Ryan out there in pass catching situations and Chris Evans is the more explosive player. He's the more elusive player. He's the guy you want to be throwing screens to and taking it upfield. I like Samaj Pirine. He's a fine player. But Chris Evans fits that role to a T. So I love that with Chris Evans. I actually, the, the team that I have. spark on it, right? Absolutely. So the team that I, I have Joe Mixon on in the UDPL, I have Chris Evans. I drafted him in the fifth round, I think, right before the end of the draft. Because I was like, you know what? I like Chris Evans. I already own Mixon. He's sitting on my taxi squad. He's ready to be called up in the event that he needs to be. That's the move that you want to make. If you own Joe Mixon, you don't want to go out and get Samaj P. Ryan. Think bigger brain. 200 IQ play is to go and get Chris Evans on your roster because that's where it's at for the years to come. Not Samaj P. Ryan. I got as much as I hate Mixon to say chairs. It. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with my next Bubba Sparks. Oh, little country boy, Bubba Sparks. He made some banger albums, by the way. Whatever happened to Bubba Sparks? I, I need found to you, Miss New Booty. Booty? Oh, he, he was good. He had a yeah. good three-year run, Bubba Sparks. That uh, I think the album Deliverance was really, really good. It had a lot of Southern twang. It was, and I don't like country music, but that particular album, very. It's very like country hip hop. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, so I've got one. He was a rookie last year. Uh, he didn't play a ton of games, so he he played in nine games. He only started two, but what he did in his rookie year is, uh, you know, he had 20 receptions for 178 yards and three touchdowns. Now, you're probably like, Doug, really? Like, that's nothing. Okay, two starts, but I liked his prospect coming out in the draft. He didn't test overly as athletic as I thought he would, but this is the kind of player where I look at the film and the what I see with my eye doesn't match what I read on the paper with how he tested. And y'all know me. I actually had someone reach out to me this week about with a tight end question because they're like, Ooh. you know tight ends better than anyone else I know. Yes. How would you rank these guys this year? And I was like, oh, so I ranked them, gave them cases as to why. Uh, and we were fairly in alignment on that. Um, I was big on Brevin Jordan coming out of Miami. And it's not because like, well, Miami has all the great t- tight ends that come out, which is not untrue. They've had that's that's an epic run of tight ends over the years. Yes. Um, but I liked Brevin Jordan's athleticism on tape, how he could stretch the field. I liked his size. 
He needs to work on blocking, which is I was reading some offseason reports, and that is something that he knows about and he is he is working on. You know, the depth chart last year was Brevin Jordan, Jordan Akins, who was their starter, and then they still have Farrell Brown, who's older, big target, fairly athletic guy, but I'm not really overly worried about it. Brevin Jordan should beat out Farrell Brown to be the number one tight end on this team. Now, here's the stat, right? So not only did he have a 98th percentile breakout age at 18.1 years old on player profiler, so I like to see that. Um, he's got the opportunity to be the number two or number three pass catcher on the team. We talked about Nico Collins earlier. Um, could he out-target Nico Collins? I don't know. But this is the stat right here when I was looking into Brevin Jordan. The 123.8 passer rating when targeted was the third best at tight end in 2021 overall. So Brevin Jordan, when he is targeted, has an extremely high passer rating, 123.8. Now, the other thing is, too, their new OC is Pep Hamilton. Now, if you followed Pep Hamilton's career, you should know that he heavily targets tight ends. So for me, Brevin Jordan, in and we're looking at his ADP on underdog. Now, I didn't pull up DLF. He's like a bottle rocket. Brevin a bottle Jordan. rocket. Lots He's already there. Like it's the, it's the spark is already going. So on underdog ADP of two Oh nine tight end 29. He's probably a little bit higher on DLF, but just to give you an idea of where he's being drafted. Um, I, I love Brevin Jordan. I liked him. He was my tight end two coming out last year. I had him. I actually had Friar Muth is my one. Jordan is my two and Pitts is my three. Hmm. Um, I've, I, I mean, I, I love Pitts' athleticism. I didn't know if they were going to move him to receiver or not, so that was part of it. Um, but I love Brevin Jordan coming out, and I liked what I saw last year. In the the rapport, he's got his starting quarterback with Davis Mills. What's a oh, young quarterback's best friend, James? The tight end, safety blanket. The tight end and an athletic one that can create separation and stretch the field. Yes. Brevin Jordan all day long. Love, love, love. Go get – go – Go and acquire Brevin Jordan. And if yeah. you have him, just sit there and enjoy. Yeah, do not sell Brevin Jordan. But if you to if, me, cheap. If you could find <laughs> someone, go go get him. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I want to jump around a little bit real fast because I I'd love the the love you were speaking there on the Houston Texans, how they've recreated the wheel down there. They have a new culture, they have a new direction, they have a new quarterback. They are starting to add younger pieces. We saw that in the draft when they drafted Damian Pierce. Mm -hmm. um, but I think people are putting the cart before the horse on Marlon Mack. I really do. Everybody's saying it's going to be Rex Burkhead. <laughs> oh, I, I just, oh, he's getting Child, paid please. more. Mack hasn't had more than 32 snaps the past two seasons. I get that. But that's the same reason why you can get him for nearly nothing. And he could wind up adding a spark to the back end of your running back room for Dynasty on the cheap. If you are a winning team, this is the kind of running back that you want to go out and acquire now before he gets the starter stamp. They were saying that Rex Burkhead only started last year based on necessity. No, no Nothing else. That's what was coming out of, of Houston. And I believe that, that Marlon Mack can do it 23rd third i would i would pay for that for marlon mack i got him for a dollar in a free agent auction a doll and this was after the auction was largely done i went back and looked to see who was available and i'm like marlon mack i'll throw a dollar at that all day long the I disrespect mean, is real 
before before he was before the days of Jonathan Taylor, he was crushing it. Almost two two one thousand yard season. He had one one thousand yard season, mm-hmm. nine hundred the year before that. He was capable of being a three down back, and he doesn't have to be for Houston. But I bet he gets the first two. Yeah, I think Marlon Mack's going to have the opportunity. Yeah, and Rex Burkhead, come on, people like. But no, I I think I think he's a a fine little older spark for a win now team. Yeah, I agree with that. And like I said, you can get him on the chip. All right. My next sparks, PJ Sparks. Now, if you're old like me and you'll you'll know that reference. If you don't, if you don't know that reference, feel free to Google it, but don't get mad at me. Anywho, uh, a rookie. This is my my first rookie on the list now. It's rookie season. We all know that. But when I was drafting this rookie in drafts, and I did in a couple drafts, he slid down the board. Another guy. He didn't test all that well. But when you look at the tape and you go, okay, like three straight thousand yard total yards from scrimmage in the SEC, you look at the team that he landed on where the depth chart is Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly, who are absolute trash. You can look at PFF. Their grades are awful. Joshua Kelly had an opportunity, not going to happen. Roundtree, cool. Um, you look at the offense that he's on with an elite quarterback, Justin Herbert. We talked about it earlier when we talked about Josh Palmer. And again, the guy in front of him is Austin Eckler, who I love, who scored 20 touchdowns last year, who's 27 years old. He has been fairly durable. In four of his five seasons, he's played 14 or more games. In 2020, he only played 10. But I think with Eckler, they're not going to give a guy like Eckler 200 carries. It's not going to happen. They don't need to. They don't need because he's so active in the passing game. Correct. So who's going to run the ball outside of Austin Eckler on this team? Um, It's Isaiah Spiller is who it is. And I loved him at his ADP. He was, you know, when you looked at the pre-draft mocks, Spiller was going in the pretty solidified in the first round of rookie drafts. He fell hard. He fell a lot because... He ran a four six nine at his pro day, mm-hmm. which everyone was like, "Ew!" And I and was didn't like, "Didn't run at the combine." Did not run at the combine, which is an automatic ding to most people. Yes. Um, but again, on tape, I didn't see a guy that ran four six nine. I saw a guy that looked like he was in the four fives, and I'd be perfectly fine with that. He's six foot tall and two seventeen. He can handle the damage. He played in the SEC, a very physical conference with a lot of NFL players that got drafted. And he's the only running back three years in a row to go over a thousand yards from scrimmage. Now, if Austin Eckler goes down with an injury, right? Spiller's automatically the starter, in my opinion. And you might say like, okay, like, can he be Eckler in the passing game? No. But for the last three years at Texas A&M, he had over 20 receptions a season. So he has receiving capability. He's not like a complete derp when it comes to catching passes out of the backfield. He's got... He's, he can add some spark to the passing game is what I'm saying um, if hey. he needed to. So for me, taking Isaiah Spiller in the mid second in a lot of drafts was a slam dunk because I look at he's going to play this year as a rookie because the depth chart sucks. And if Eckler misses a game or two, like he's going to be startable for you. Like if Eckler goes down for a two or three week stretch, you can't tell me you wouldn't start Isaiah Spiller at a flex position in that offense. I won't believe you. The offensive line is better. <laughs> they drafted that stud out of Boston College, Zion Johnson. Like this team, James said it earlier, they should be contenders for the Super Bowl. Yeah. They're stacked all over the place. They are. Isaiah Spiller, scream. 
screams. Any any one value. of those teams out of the AFC West, like is is uh in competition. And the thing about Eckler, like he doesn't miss a lot of games, but he's one of those players that's like forever questionable. Like he's like, well, questionable with a knee, questionable with a shoulder, questionable, and he ends up playing, which is great because he's a he's a tough son of a bitch. But like those, that only goes so far. We we saw that happen with Lamar Miller. Remember Lamar Miller? He'd play and he'd he'd miss a series because he got dinged, and then he got dinged, and then it caught up with him, and then he missed time. Like that's the kind of thing that I can see for Eckler is that he's a guy that continu- continuously gets dinged, but at some point you feel that like there's going to be an injury where he misses multiple weeks at some point. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen because I like watching Austin Eckler play football quite a bit. But Isaiah Spiller, to me, I just don't know like why other people aren't looking at it and going, okay, okay I see it. Like, cause I see it. Like, it, it screams to me. So when he mid second round rookie pick. All right. So um, uh, I'll, 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 I'll pour uh, some flame on that spark for you. Definitely can catch Stoke the ball. It. These are my notes pre combine. This is just my scouting that I do in the offseason for the rookies. Definitely can catch the ball. Consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. Not the breakaway running back, but definitely versatile and can be used on third down, Darrell Henderson comp. Okay, so if we remember, when Todd Gurley went down, Darrell Henderson was there, and he filled in quite nicely. He had RB1 weeks. And then... You know, we saw what happened when Cam Akers went down to Earl Henderson once again. And then he's a guy that continuously gets dinged. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah. but we know the shelf life of a, a running back in the yeah, NFL is not not that long. So I yeah. had him as my RB5, and as he started to dip, I'm like, ooh, maybe I was right on my prediction. Because yeah. some people are like, oh, they look at these dings, and then he didn't show up to the comp, or he didn't run at the combine. And then he had a poor running score at his pro day. And, and people almost And everybody just threw him away. Write him off. Yep. Just threw him away. Buy the dip, as we say in the industry. <laughs> buy the dip. Buy the dip. Dude, we buy on his, the dip. His underdog ADP right now, he's 138 overall, running back 45. So I'm using underdog ADP today. So decided to mix it up a little bit. And I wanted to give them a shout out because they are a sponsor of the show. So if the NFL offseason has you hyped, but you don't want to join another startup, like who wants to join startups? They're a lot of work. But you can go on Underdog. You can download their app right now. Hit pause. Go download it. It'll only take about 10 seconds if you have good internet. Then use code DHH to have your deposit of up to $100 matched right away. So you could be playing with up to $200 tonight. And you could blow it on baseball if you want to lose money. Uh, but no, <laughs> you can keep it for the football seat. You know, how you spend your money, I don't care. Do it however you'd like. I'm saving mine for football season. I like the prop bets. I like the puppy. They've got best ball mania rookies and sophomores. Part two is going on right now. There's something for everyone. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of fun. Don't miss out on the deal. Once again, it's code DHH for your deposit up to $100 matched. James. Yes. Are you make? are you rubbing some sticks together? Are we getting some more sparks over there? I have one last spark on my list. I mean, there's, there's more out there, but that I went into detail about, um, Khalil Herbert. Yes. From Chicago. I love Khalil Herbert. Okay. Um, I liked Khalil Herbert as well. He showed well, came in. What was he? A sixth round pick? Yeah. Fifth or sixth. Yeah. Fifth or sixth round pick. When he came in last year and filled in for David Montgomery slash Damian Williams, they were both hurt. He splashed week mm-hmm. six and, and seven. Running, Cohen too. 
Yeah. Week six and seven, he combined, he was the running back eight, 92 and 100 yards rushing, respectfully. He showed us a spark last year that actually set off some sp- some fireworks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those antennas go up. Luckily, I had him on my team already. I gained no, my antenna was draft up. capital um, on him already. But, I, I mean, currently being traded for a 2022 third or 23 late 23 second i lo- i want in i want back in on on herbert if i can I'm, I'm not afraid of it it makes all the sense in the world especially for rebuilding teams david montgomery last year of his contract and the bear strength the schedule is number one for running backs david montgomery's been chipped up a couple times now it's gonna it's bound to happen again eventually and Herbert is there as the bona fide number two in the offense. I think he takes a step in the right direction and you see his value rise and possibly become something, maybe a one, a one B situation in the bears offense. So he could be the one as early as 2023, because David Montgomery is a free agent in this off season. We know the Chicago bears are cleaning house. They've got a ton of cap room next year. You know, I don't think they're going to spend for a running back, to be completely honest, when they have Khalil Herbert, who, you know, is 210 pounds. He ran a 4.46 at the Combine. I was lucky enough to be in attendance in Chicago to see Khalil Herbert start against Green Bay and see it in person. Now, I liked Herbert going into that game, but his vision, his ability to plant a foot and move was awesome in that clear Herbert was awesome in that game and he was active in the passing game. So to me, I look at clear Herbert as this guy could be the guy next year. So when you, uh, you know, you, when you start to make moves in dynasty is when you can look at the big picture and you target guys like Khalil Herbert, where, you know what, even if he, maybe he doesn't become the guy next year, right? Maybe they resign Montgomery, but he still has value where you can trade for him right now. And then if by chance they let Montgomery walk because they don't want to spend money on a running back, they need have a lot of needs. It's the last position you should spend money on. And Herbert's the number one next year. You got yourself a starting running back for maybe a late third is what it would cost you for someone that likes Khalil Herbert. Um, that's a, that's a power move, but that's the kind of move that you want to, you know, read the tea leaves, look at and make right now, because if you wait, it's going to be too late. The value is going to be the value is going to be too high. That's how the savvy dynasty players play. Is that thank they, you, sir? Yes, yes. That's yes. how the savvy players play and make moves that puts them in position to gain depth and gain value when it comes to players. All right, I got one more. It's actually two more. I lumped my quarterbacks together because they are in I'm lump you guys together. Lumpy, Lumpy McSparkerson. Uh, they are in similar Ooh. situations. Two different teams, similar situations, and I'll explain myself in a moment. So the two guys are Jameis Winston and Jared Goff. So currently, Jameis uh, on underdog is going at QB nineteen. And Jared Goff, QB 26. Sign me up for Jared that seems, Goff. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. God. Uh, that seems disrespectful. I know that Goff wasn't like balls last year, but I'll give you some statistics on both of these guys that why at their current ADPs, I think that they can outperform that easily. They're still relatively young for quarterbacks. Jameis is, uh, I think, 28 years old. Jared Goff, it seems like he's been in the league forever. Still only 27. Um, I don't know. You know, the thing with Goff and Winston is like, will they get replaced by draft picks? You know what? I'm not going to worry about that now. I don't even put that into the equation. What I put into the equation 
is look at the offenses around both of these players. So when you look at Jameis Winston, he's coming off an ACL. I understand that. He should be back. He's working out with weird SpongeBob weights, and it looks funky. He's the funky <laughs> workout warrior, Jameis Winston. He's he's on one. Guy eats Ws. But what I loved about Jameis, he only played in seven games last year, is the way that he played under Sean Payton. He played like a good version of Jameis Winston. He didn't play with that reckless abandon, throwing 30 picks in a season, wavy, inflatable arm balloon man, Jameis Winston. He played with confidence. He played with poise. He played with control, which is the first time we've ever seen Jameis Winston in a starting role play that way. So if he carries that over into this season, the team, you know what they did? They re-signed him. They said, you're the starter. Taysom Hill is now a tight end. They have Andy Dalton as a backup. Cool. I think he's washed. He's been on like three teams in three years. I'm not worried about that. But in those seven games, 14 passing touchdowns. Okay. That's a pace for 34 in a season. I'd take that to a game. Here's the sneaky thing about Jameis that a lot of people forget. 166 rushing yards in those seven games. And he was making plays with his legs, which we've never seen Jameis do. He's slimmer than he used to be. But he averaged 4.6 carries per game. That was 11th at the QB position. Is that why he tore his ACL? I don't remember. I think he got tackled. So, but still, he only played seven games. That was 11th at the position. So you want to, everyone's all about the, they got hard-ons for Konami code quarterbacks, which I completely understand. Jameis is like Konami code light if he stays with that same type of usage running the football. And he looked good running the football. Like, I saw him take off in one game. I think it was against, who was it against? I think it was against Tampa. And I was like, whoa, Jameis got some wheels. Let's go. Uh, so I liked what I saw from Jameis. So I think his value is awesome. Now, what did they do in the offseason? They still have a good offensive line. Teron Armstead went to the Dolphins, but they got Trevin, uh, Trevon Penning in the first round. They added Chris Olave to the offense. Okay? Yes, that's I like a plus. That. We talked they, about Michael Thomas at the top. We of the talked. Show. If Michael Thomas plays, he'll be out there. They added Jarvis Landry, which to me could be a little bit of Michael Thomas insurance. Oh, 100%. Can but play the outside three, if need. But be. if all three of those guys are on the field, okay, that's a lot of talent. Oh, and they move Taysom Hill to tight end. We know he's athletic. He should be able to create mismatches. They have Adam Troutman, who I do like. At running back, Alvin Kamara, we don't know what it's going to look like from a suspension standpoint, if he's going to miss six games, whatever. If Kamara misses time, they're going to pass the football more. But I think Jameis Winston is set up for success with the players around him, the offensive lineman in front of him where he could easily finish as a back-end QB1. Whoa, back-end QB1? I think Jameis has it in him to be a back-end They're going to be playing from behind. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of the sense. The defense is still good, though. The defense isn't bad. So I actually think the Saints are low-key, like, going to be good. But anyway, so let's talk about Jared Goff. So we saw Goff finish the season. I like Jared Goff. We saw him like finish the did. season strong without TJ Hawkinson. Um, you know, without, without, without Swift for a while, it was, it was a Monroe St. Brown who I like this year. Um, so we saw him finish strong. He has a good offensive line around him. He was actually number two in the NFL, 75% completion rate with a clean pocket, Jared Goff. He's going to have one of the best offensive lines in front of him. Yes. So clean pocket, healthy Deandre Swift. They add DJ Chark. We'll see what they can get out of him. He's a field stretcher. Amon Ra, boop, right in the slot. They draft Jamison Williams, even if he doesn't play right away. He won't play this season, I don't think. I don't think. I think they'll redshirt him. Yeah. Quintez Cephas, who I like. They've got TJ Hawkinson. 
a good offensive line. All the pieces are built around Jared Goff. Why in the mother F is he QB 26? Doesn't make any sense. I don't think it does. The Lions were one of the teams that they built with momentum towards the end of the season. And then in the offseason, they went out and made moves around their quarterback to make the offense better. So for me, like I, that, it didn't budge Jared Goff's ADP. I mean, he's currently, like I said, he's QB 26. But these are both guys that like are great QB twos and super flex. I was listening to I was listening to the Locked On podcast and they were going over their dynasty buys. Um, Marcus Mosier and Kate Majuk mm-hmm. and Goff was on there, and Marcus was going over some of the trades for Jared Goff. There was a league where someone gave up just a third round pick in Superflex to get Jared Goff. I wow. want to be in the league with that guy because I would gladly give up a third round pick. I drafted Sam Howell in the third round in the Superflex leagues. Like I'll give you Sam Howell for for Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right now. Right uh, now. So I love Jameis. I see nothing but upside for Jameis and Jared Goff this year. And I think both of them are going to smash their ADP. I think Goff, I think the Lions in general, I mean, the Packers, we don't know what they're going to be. We know that the Bears stink and the Vikings have a whole new. Co- could could the Lions make a run to win this division? I say yes. I, I don't know if they make a run I think for they the could. division, but I think Jared Goff does enough with the weapons around him to, to maybe solidify a contract extension. For sure. You know, because that's I mean, coming up soon. And especially if they're a good team, maybe they only have a pick in the teens and they can't get into that quarterback area. And they're like, you know what? Jared Goff actually isn't bad. This is a guy that's thrown for over 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns in his career before with the Rams. Like, why can't he do that with the Lions? I could totally see that. So Jared Goff, to me, that spark is there. It's The spark is going to create some fire with both Winston and Goff. These offenses both have um, inferno potential, in my opinion. So James, I, you got, I, I'm on the board with the Lions. I'm just not. On, uh, like I can't get behind Jameis for some reason. Something just always goes wrong. It's the crap. It's the eat the W thing. I know it was weird. It was awkward. It I, was, I mean, it was more, even more when more he's a great quarterback, he's seen. a bad quarterback. Not last and that's year. That's all I. Not, not last, last year. year. Yeah, but then he crapped out. He, he got, got hurt. hurt. He didn't crap he out. Hurt. He got hurt. That's crapping out. That's not. That's no out. return that's on investment. Hurt. Crapping out is starting hot like Kyler Murray and then crapping out the rest of the season. That is that's crapping crap out. out. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Give Injuries you that. happen. You can't call that crapping out. That's just that's an inopportune thing that happened to him. Yes, so. yes, you're right, you were right. You're right. Good. I don't want to fight, but I will. But but, but Jerigoff, yes. All right, Jerigoff. Any other fi- closing final words for us, James, before we get on out of here? No, man. Let's get out of here, dude. It's Fourth of July weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I got to wake up at like six 30 in the morning to go to the beach because the drive on beach, in Jersey, you have to get a spot on the holiday. You got to be there early, but I got the whole thing planned. The truck is already packed. Doug, I am ready to say, you got the night. remote start ready. The AC's on AC's ready. I mean, everything's the coolers everything. are packed. They're in the, the fridge. The grill is in the back of the truck. The nice. cooler is packed. There's ice everywhere. I went to the, <laughs> to the, to the liquor store. Load it up. It's going to be a great time. Got the family here. Going to go out there and enjoy 4th of July, Independence Day. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, we'll be having about 20-ish people over tomorrow, so I'll be grilling and chilling. Um, So we're pretty much prepped for that and ready to go. Today was a laid-back day. So before we take off, I did want to give a shout-out to Dynasty Nerds. Head on over to DynastyNerds.com. Sign up for the Nerd Herd. Use code DHH for 15% off any subscription, trade tools, extra episodes, prospect phone room, prospect scores, Dynasty GM, 
lots of cool stuff on there. Now, if you're looking for Scott Fishbowl shirts, they are out there. You can go on Rotoware. If you're looking for some Ooh, that threads, closed. Rotoware closed. The pre-orders did. They'll be back up. Oh, cool. Yeah, the pre-order, they'll be back up. You don't have to pre-order. Oh. Um, there also is some other Scott Fishbowl shirts out there too. Check John Bosch's Twitter. I don't know the exact website Etsy. right now. Etsy, I believe. It's Etsy, all right. Yeah. Uh, and so if you're looking for some new threads and you're like, you know what? I need more fantasy football stuff in my life. Go to Viridian Global. Type in DHH or Dynasty Happy Hour and you'll see some stuff on there. We got some awesome shirts, some other awesome merch on there. So check that out. Another shout out again to Trophy Smack, code DHH Ring, and to Fantasy Points, code DHH22. And Underdog, we've got all the things going on. It's popping, man. It's popping. This holiday season, man, it's, it's crazy. So make sure you follow that. Check us out on iTunes. Leave a review. Leave a rating. That'll bump us up the ranks when it comes to fantasy football. We would love that from you. And if you got some honest feedback, let us know. Do you like the two-man booth? Do you like Tyler? Do you not like Tyler? Let us I, know. I saw, I saw we'll in the chat someone said that it, it sounded better without the ginger. Just isn't the same without the oh, ginger. Oh, 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 oh. That's Maybe a pro-Tyler comment from I, our friend I, I, David I Motes. Yeah, I don't know. Not Mots.com. Uh, so yeah, so Tyler will be back next week. He's enjoying some time with the family on Lake Minnetonka. Mini I always think of a little, donkey, little truck. Minnetonka. Teeter dot hot dish. <laughs> All right. Enjoy your fourth. Be safe out there. Uh, don't pull a Jason Pierre Paul while you're out there. So be safe. Drink. Give your family hugs and have fun and have one on us. We'll see you next week on the Dynasty Happy Hour.